Hey there, folks, and welcome to another episode of Eddie and His Amazing Friends, the Hero Cast. Just a solo one this week, but that's okay. As I mentioned, um, I was trying to get a, a co-worker of mine on, but uh, it didn't work out, but um, it's okay. I mentioned last week, though, that I was like, I don't know if the schedules are going to be able to fit, work together or not. They actually didn't. He actually had car trouble, which, not that he was driving over here to record, but just another thing to deal with, you know. But he, uh, I was like, in case it doesn't work out, you got to tell me so I can tell my audience. You were really excited about this movie. Let's dive into the uh, the history of this movie. I saw it in theaters. I wasn't super excited for it. The, the, I don't know. I didn't know much about the Eternals, so... It was more or less just like, oh, cool, Marvel's doing something. And this was still in the phase where it's like, you know, um, Shang-Chi was, was pretty good, I thought. So, see, and Spider-Man No Way Home looks really cool. So, let's let's see how they follow it up, right? So, but I wasn't super excited for it. But he was. I was, I just thought that was always strange. I'm like, so I, so I asked, I'm like, what? What was it about this movie you were excited about? Because you were like, oh, did you get your tickets early? You know, I got my tickets. I'm going to see the Friday night show, whatever. And and, and he told me, and it made sense. He didn't read The Eternals. But he thought the movie was going to deal with... I guess he thought it was going to be something that it wasn't. Like, he thought it was going to be like... Dealing with Thanos' bloodline, which it barely touched on at the end. Um, just more or less... Uh, what was it? More or less just like the, the creation of Celestials and, and Eternals. And possibly, maybe it can segue into um, other things, I don't know, uh, he didn't mention specifically, I know I've heard rumors that like, oh, mutants maybe with Eternals or something, uh, so okay, I get it, you know, if he, you know, he thought it was going to be something completely different, I've certainly, um, I'll tell you, I, there's been a lot of movies that I've watched where I was like, oh man, this is, this can be really cool, and it's just not at all what I thought it would be. So I understand that. But yeah, I've only seen it twice. Second time was uh, just the other day when I watched it, and then I uh, saw it in the theater. So that is that. All right, now let's uh, let's dive into the rest of the time capsule. So let's see here as I go through the notes. All right. Uh, WWE Champion at the time, Big E, Universal Champion, I should mention when this came out, that way we have some sort of, you know, reference point. It came out on November 5th, 2021. So yeah, WWE Champion, Big E, Universal Champion, still Roman Reigns, NXT, Tommaso Ciampa, Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair. This was when they, uh... I don't know if you if you watch. This was when they just they were drafted a different show, so they just swapped belts. Like, That's so stupid. <laughs> like you're just telling me these these individual titles don't mean anything. It's just more or less like I don't know. It is just it was it was weird. Uh, NXT champion Mandy Rose. That's an interesting one. AEW champion uh, Kenny Omega for eh, you know a little over a week left. Uh, AEW champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and then IWGP, Shingo Takagi. Number one song, Easy On Me by Adele. What was I up to at this time? Well, I'll tell you, it was around Thanksgiving, you know, a little little early for Thanksgiving, but still, that was, that was about the closest thing that I was up to. And went to the Deer Creek Lodge for Thanksgiving. It was, it was back after a year uh, hiatus from covid so that's where we did the that's where we did the Thanksgiving. So always a good time. Always good. Uh, let's see facts and figures. Well, budget two hundred thirty six point two million. Big budget. Box office four hundred and two point one million, which is puts it at seventy six 
on our list is right below Superman Returns and right above Constantine. So that's a uh, 165.9 profit, 186.6 with inflation. Um, yeah, not great. Not a great return on investment there. Y- ideally, you'd like to get... I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much over using COVID as the excuse now for these movies, especially when we're about to cover next week. But uh, man, I don't know. It this was this felt like the first real experimental movie for Marvel, and I say that, and you say, well, you know, Shang Chi was a fairly unknown hero, and he did all right. He did, but this was a team. That's number one. This was a team. And it was... How should I put this? It wasn't at all connected. I mean, they referenced the other movies. But it really wasn't connected to the other Marvel movies. Right? Like, with Shang-Chi, you can look back. Maybe you would have had to watch the movie to know this. But you look back, it's like, okay, Wong was in it. Wong's an MCU character. We all know. Um, At the post credit scene there's Bruce Banner and and Captain Marvel you know and again this you wouldn't know this unless you watched the movie but but still it's like it it shows that it's not you know connected or sorry that it is connected whereas this one it's like there's been no reference of Eternals nothing so yeah that might contribute to the the, the weaker box office performance there um, critics... Oh, I will say this, though. I, I forgot to mention. It did really big streaming numbers on Disney+. Plus. It did. Now, I guess... I know I said I'm about done with COVID as an excuse, but perhaps, maybe, just maybe, people were like, well, I don't really want to risk going out in COVID for this movie, but I'll gladly stream it. But man, at the same time, it's like, again, what we're about to see next month, it's just, it's hard to really, I don't know. Maybe people heard how consequential this movie was. And there were a lot of, it was a very consequential movie, which we'll get into. So, I don't know. It also had uh, a lot of negative reviews going in, like, oh my, this is the first Marvel movie that was like, it was briefly rotten on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. Something like that. Which, I don't think it's that bad, honestly, but um, we'll, we'll dive into it, we'll dive into it. By the way, did you know you can follow us on Twitter at EC underscore Hero, or myself, EddieC85, that's Eddie with a Y, or EC HeroCast on Instagram, also EddieC85 on Instagram. So, something to think about. Uh, critics, Rotten Tomatoes, 47%, fans, 77%, so pretty split. Not very close. Um, oh, the cast. Yes, it's a big cast. I'm going to talk about the character development. And, and I'm I'm really only going to focus on the Eternals, because there's really no other character worth mentioning. I'm only going to focus on the Eternals in this one. And I'm going to talk about the character development. Because the movie is kind of long, it's uh, 156 minutes, but there's a pretty big cast, and it's it's hard to get. How should I put this? It's hard to make each character feel important in a cast this size. I thought the movie did a pretty good job with that. Are there some characters that they don't really give a lot to, including the biggest name in the movie? Yes, but you know that's going to happen. So with that, we'll start. The biggest star in the movie, Angelina Jolie as Thena. So she had a power. I'm just going to list off all their powers, by the way. She could create cosmic weapon, energy weapons, whatever, out of thin air. So that was her deal. She didn't get a lot of character development. I mean, she was the one at the end who does kill the monster, the, the deviant, whatever. Which is, hey, that's great. But it's like, this is your star of your movie. Or, or at least, this is your number one actor. And she felt like a background player. Like, I didn't really know much about her character. Other than that she would randomly, like, trance out and attack the other Eternals. So, 
I thought this was one of the bigger uh, injustices of the movie. It's like, you have Angelina Jolie, and she just didn't feel that important in the movie. I mean, she's... You know, again, she did kill the, the main villain. Cool, but... Yeah, I, I don't... You know. Another big star... Although this character got killed off. Uh, Selma Hayek as Ajax. Uh, she did a nice job. I'm not going to go too deep into her because... <laughs> uh, yeah, I know what I said there. I did, that was unintentional. But uh, I'm not going to go too deep because the character does get killed off. So I'm not going to be too hard on the fact that they didn't really give her a lot. But I also, I think they really... They kind of did give her uh, a lot as far as character development in the brief time that she was... She was um, she was on screen, so... Uh, then we have Don Lee as Gilgamesh. Again, didn't really give him a lot, but he also gets killed off, so I won't be too harsh on that one. Uh, his super... Oh, by the way, Ajax could heal herself. Like Wolverine, kind of. Uh, Don Lee as Gilgamesh. His power was just super strength. Again, didn't really have a big role. He and Angelina Jolie, Athena, they were friends, so there's that. Uh, then there is Lauren Ridloff as Makari. She was uh, super fast. She was deaf, uh, so she did sign language. Uh, this one, really, they didn't give a lot to. And I don't know if they were just like, well, it's a deaf character. Audiences don't want to read. We're not going to really give her much. I don't know, but it didn't... It, I, I honestly forgot about her at one point in the movie until they went back to get her type of thing, so... Uh, didn't really give her a lot either. She kind of did a lot a bit at the end there in the final battle, but yeah, not not a ton there. Uh, then we have Leah McHugh as Sprite. So she has um, she could project illusions, kind of like a low key almost. But her character is Chuck, st- not Chuck, stuck in a uh, childlike state. So. Kind of like Hezbollah, where it's just, I mean, Hezbollah looks like he's four, whereas she looks like she's, you know, I don't know, 14, and she's just stuck that way forever. So, even though all the Eternals are thousands of years old, so. Um, then we had uh, Kumal, not, oh man, Nanjiani. And I, I I like this guy as an actor. I don't. Uh, I'm not great with pronunciations, but he played Kingo. His uh, powers, he could just shoot like, he had like a finger gun. <laughs> uh, he did great in this. I really liked his character a lot. He was funny, entertaining. But man, I just I hated what they did with him at the end, which we'll get to. But I, I didn't like that. I felt it was a cop out. So. And we have uh, Richard Madden as Homelander. I'm sorry, Icarus. Um, <laughs> he could fly and had cosmic energy beams from his eyes. Apparently he's the strongest of the Eternals, so keep, take that for what it's worth. I really liked him. He, uh, you know, look, the Homelander comparisons are there, obviously. Flying, eye lasers, uh, white, good-looking white guy, combed hair. I get it. The leader of a group, although he was never the leader, but he was the strongest of the group. So I get the Homelander comparisons, but uh, that's that's not that's not a bad thing, you know. It's like that's kind of good, right? I mean, I don't, I I have no problem with with. Um, I mean, look, did 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 he watch a Homelander and the Boys season one and borrow some inspiration um, from Homelander? I don't know, maybe. Who's to say? But I, I personally have no problem with that. You know, it's like I'd rather, I'd rather you you borrow inspiration from like Homelander than you know, like um, the Lone Ranger. <laughs> you know, like that movie. So yeah, fine. Like that's 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 completely fine. Uh, but yeah, he did he did a nice job. I liked his character, his character's motivation and everything. All that made sense. So, And then finally, uh, Gemma Chan as Cersei. Uh, her ability is... Uh, she can, like, manipulate items. Or not items, but... Uh, uh, like rocks, trees, things like that. 
turn them from one sub one element to another. Usually she does it with water, but later she'll do it with uh, marble. So uh, she's the star of the movie. She becomes the leader of the Eternals. Uh, she did a really good job. I really liked her. She had a really, you know, it was more like she she stepped up as the leader. I I liked. I missed one. I'll go back and get him. Don't worry. But uh, I liked her as the leader of the uh, of the group. Uh, again, she she steps up. She leads this plan, and uh, yeah, she did a, a really nice job. I that's a character I would be interested to see more of. But I again, I forgot one. Brian Tyree Henry as Phaestos. Uh, Phaestos. Uh, fa- yeah, I don't know. Anyway. He uh, has high intellect, and he just like super ahead of the curve when it comes to inventing technology. Um, he is uh, the first, I believe this is the first, unless you, yeah, I, I believe this is the first uh, gay superhero that we've had on the podcast. I know there was the one in Shazam. I don't know. Do you count that? Because he, he wasn't officially out until Shazam 2, spoiler, but whatever. Anyway, yeah, so... This he was uh, this I don't know how much these countries would have helped the box office, but his character uh, unfortunately was uh, caused. How should I put this? They did not release the film in some countries. Uh, let me find where it was. Um, yeah, so there were some countries that. Um, Simply, okay, it was not released in Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Qatar, Bahrain, and Oman. I don't know how much those countries are really going to help your box office, honestly. Uh, Theaters in the UAE, Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt uh, edited the scenes out with with, uh, Fados and his his partner. Which, uh, well, you know, I guess that's better than nothing, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I, I liked his character a lot, though. I liked him because I liked him because he starts off as, you know, being pro technology and, and stuff and and honestly he's kind of like, well, you know what? Humans do uh, humans do need to experience war and conflict cuz that helps them develop technology better, which I suppose is correct. He's like it helps them settle conflicts. And I mean, I, this will sound very, very, very strange, but think about this, because I, I was I was thinking about it. It's like, could you imagine this Earth with no war and no conflict? Now, it sounds great, and I would sign up for that in a heartbeat, but that could also mean you're just under tyrannical rule. You know, like there's one, one supreme being... A Thanos, we'll say, who rules everything, and you just are subservient to him. The end. Like, he rules everything. Don't you dare question him. That I wouldn't sign up for. If that meant... I mean, I'd rather have wars than just everybody be under this tyrannical, you know, monster, like a Thanos. And I think that's what Phaedos was kind of alluding to. Like, yeah, okay... This is why humans do need to have some wars because it keeps them from being enslaved like that. Which he's right, you know. Anyway, the next character, Barry Kogan as uh, Druig. He has uh, he has the power of uh, what do you call it? Man- manipulation? Like he can uh, mind control, I guess, on large groups of people too. So pretty cool, pretty cool character. He is not. He is not of the opinion that Earth is worth saving. So he he is like, no thank you. <laughs> um, I am not impressed with these humans. So, yeah. Sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, we have a movie to review. And uh, I'll tell you, I've already reviewed this movie. But my recorder just decided, without telling me, I'm going to stop. I don't know why. It's like, it was like my computer is haunted, and someone just hit a stop button. So, the last half hour, I've just been talking to myself. So, 
I'm uh, pretty frustrated. I got a lot of things to do. I did not have time to talk about the movie a second time, but uh, I will. I, I might rush it a little more than what I did earlier. I apologize, um, but I'm actually really, really, really mad right now. But uh, you probably can't tell. So, anyway, let us dive into the movie. I will dive in for the second time. And by the way, I got to the very end, so that's always great when you be like, okay, we're done. Okay, we got to start all the way at the beginning again. That's fun. That's fun. So, <sighs> we get some text to open up the movie. In the beginning, before the six singularities of the dawn of creation came the celestials. Arishim, the prime celestial, created the first sun and brought light into the universe. Life began and thrived. All was in balance until an unnatural spe uh, special uh, type of predator emerged from the deep space to feed on intelligent life. They were known as deviants. The universe was plunged into chaos. To restore the natural order, Arishim sent Eternals, immortal heroes from the planet Olympia, to eliminate the deviants. Eternals had unyielding faith in Arishim until one mission, led by the prime eternal Ajax, changed everything. And we open in the Eternals getting their armor, and they're heading to Earth. They land in 5000 BC Mesopotamia. That has to be the furthest back the podcast has gone. A monster emerges from the sea, kills this dude, and then his son runs off. Um, the Eternals come, save him, fight more monsters. Fights are okay. And then we fast forward to present-day London. Cersei and Dane Whitman are dating, but they also teach at this school or museum or whatever. Uh, earthquake happens, and then also there's another monster, a deviant in the water somewhere nearby. And um, Cersei, Dane, and Sprite, they are attacked by said monster. Icarus comes in to save them, and later on Cersei explains to Dane that she's an eternal, and the monster is a deviant. And then Dane asks a great question. He says, how come you uh, didn't stop Thanos or do anything else to help humans? And uh, I gotta say, a great question. Uh, this was one of my biggest problems with the movie. I, I didn't buy this, right? Like, I just, I thought this was a strange, strange thing. That like, oh, well, we're not, we, we can only, because her answer is, well... Uh, if we saved you from everything, you'd never have a chance to develop. Okay, I guess that part's fair. But, like, Thanos? I mean, their goal, as we will learn in this movie... First off, Thanos is a deviant in the comics. So, that already kind of, like, goes against what you're saying. He's a deviant in the comics. But if we're going to, just for the sake of the movie, pretend that Thanos is not a deviant, okay, fine. If we're just going to say these deviants look like these monsters, fine. The monsters are threatening, but it's like, there's been way more threatening villains in Marvel movies. I mean, the main villain in this, Crow, he's very forgettable. He's not that great of a villain. And it's like, this is the, your ultimate threat? These dudes are not Thanos? Which, by the way, the Earth, they say it, oh, Earth has to have power and knowledge and population before the Celestial can emerge. Okay, what did Thanos do? Eliminated half the population in Infinity War. And then in Endgame, he was going to eliminate everybody and just say, we're going to start fresh from square one. Okay, wouldn't that hurt your plans? You know what I'm saying? It's like, if 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 you if your goal is to keep the Earth's population at, an, at a high, it, then it's like, hello, Thanos, he, he, he did not do that. So... Yeah, he's not a deviant. I mean, he is, but again, we're pretending he's not. He's not a deviant, but he's a huge roadblock in front of your goal. Do you really want to wait 7,000 more years to repopulate the planet? To get it to where it needs to be? Or even if he was successful the first time, you would have to wait, what, 3,500 years? Like, do you really want to do that? I, I don't know. I mean... It just seems weird. Plus, they make a joke later on where Icarus, they're like, oh, you know, now that uh, Captain America and Iron Man are gone, who could lead the Avengers? And Icarus is like, well, I could lead the Avengers. It's like, dude, 
you won't do anything unless apparently they're fighting a, a, a deviant. I don't know. It's just, I didn't like that line. I thought of it, which I'll get to in a second. But yeah, I had a lot of problems with it. So, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, Dane then asks Cersei if uh, deviants are gone. Why are you still here? And Cersei says, well, we're just waiting on orders. Cersei tells Icarus that the deviant healed itself. They never used to be able to do that. They, uh, they, um... They want to find the others, even though they haven't seen each other for centuries. Then we get a highlight of the Eternals fighting the Deviants at the Hanging Gardens of Babylon in 575 BC. Ajak, she is visited by Arishim, who tells to keep focused on the goal and don't get attached to this planet. And we get more of the Babylon stuff. Uh, Icarus and Cersei, they used to be an item, then they get married 100 years later. Seems like that took a long time. I mean... I've been with my fiance for 20 months. And, um, yeah, it didn't take me 100 years to marry her. I mean, my gosh. I mean, I know time might feel different when you can live thousands of years, but still. I mean, 100 years? <laughs> anyway, back in the present day, they drive to South Dakota. They visit Ajax. They find her dead. RIP to a real one. Cersei then gets a visit from Arisham, who says it's almost time we get another flashback this time the Eternals are uh, fighting uh, Athena who fights them we don't know why because her uh, like it's almost like something takes over her body and she just fights I never quite understood what it was I don't know this was a weird thing they just threw in the movie I wish they would have just left it out but they never quite explain Maybe they did, and I just didn't pick up on it. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, she fights them, and um, she doesn't remember anything when she snaps out of this trance. So they go visit. Uh, also, Druig does not like the direction of the group, and he leaves. Ajak then tells him, okay, go all your separate ways. We'll meet back one day. You guys learn everything you can, and then just tell me what you learned. So back in the present day, they meet up with Kingo in Mumbai, who's a big Bollywood star, Tell him that a deviant killed Ajax. They set off on a plane. We learned this was clever, where Kingo, the reason he's been a Bollywood star for 100 years, is because he portrayed his great-grandfather, then grandfather, dad, then him. So that's funny. Then we cut to Australia. We find Gilgamesh and Thena. And he knew about the deviants, but he did not know about Ajax. So Arisham visits Cersei again and explains the planet needs a vast amount of knowledge, power, and population to bring about the birth of the next celestial, Tiamat. It's like, okay. Again, if it needs population, Thanos eliminated half the population. I'm sorry. This, oh, well, he's just not a de- That's so stupid. I didn't like that. It really did take me out of the movie. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just harping on it, but that's how I felt. And he says, it's time, and Tiamat is ready to be born. And it's like, well, won't that destroy the Earth? He's like, yes. <laughs> and Cersei says no, but Arisham says, well, here's the problem. Without that happening, all life in the universe will die. You know, that's kind of our job. And Arisham explains that there is no Olympia. Your true home is the World Forge. It's where I built and programmed the Eternals. Cersei asks, well, I don't remember any of this. And Arisham says, well, every time you complete a mission on a planet, your memories are erased. Um, and uh, they're stored for me to study. Arshim explains that he created them because uh, he also created the Deviants, and they were a failed experiment. So he wants... they were successful. And he says, Ajax picked you to be the next Prime Eternal. Don't fail me. So the Eternals still aren't crazy about the idea and want to stop the Celestial. They go to the Amazon. They find Druig. He is not on board with this. He's like, the humans made their bed. Let them lie in it. That night, the Deviants attack the Eternals. They fight them off, but um, one one Deviant, his name is Crow, he kind of turns from like a weird monster to like a weird human monster. And he calls the Eternals murderers. They didn't used to be able to speak, by the way. And during the battle, Gilgamesh also dies. R.I.P. to another real one. Cut to Hiroshima, 1945. Phaedos decides Druig was right. The people aren't worth saving. You know... The A-bomb. We cut to present day. Icarus and Cersei visit Phaedos. And uh, he lives with his husband and son. 
And Fados has uh, had a change of heart since World War II. He's like, I have a family. I see good in them. And Fados' husband tells him to go. And Makari then joins. I told you they didn't really focus on her too much. They're like, oh, yeah, there's Makari. She joins. And uh, she finds the ship. Uh, Fados comes up with a weapon to stop Tiamat. They're calling it the Unimind. Sprite doesn't seem on board with this plan, but she wants to hear what Icarus has to say. And Icarus wants to stick with the original plan of let the eternal, or sorry, let the celestial happen. And he's like, but I defer to our leader, Cersei. And Cersei wants to stop the celestial. Cut to South Dakota six days earlier. Ajax met with Icarus and says she wants to stop the emergence, but first Icarus takes her to Alaska. He finds a bunch of the deviants who were previously frozen but have since broken free because of the you know the ice caps melting and all that so Icarus shoves her onto the ice from a high uphill and the deviant leader crow he takes her power to self-heal and um, they kill her so that was the end of Ajax. and at this point Ajax, or sorry Icarus has finally turned fully heal. He destroys Phaedos' machine. Icarus says it's an easy choice. Billions die so that billions more can live. They all disagree with him, except Sprite, who joins them, because it's like, oh yeah, she loves him. Didn't you all see that? And they leave. Kingo... Okay, I had a big problem with this. Kingo says he's joining him too, and if you stop the emergence, you stop the creation of many other worlds. But he promises he's not going to fight them. This was such a cop-out. There's like, okay... So, uh, Kingo, yeah, he's, he's anti the Cersei plan, but he's not going to interfere at all. So it's like, it's, it's literally that gif of Mac from, uh, from, uh, Always Sunny, where he's like, I'm playing both sides, so this way I always come out on top. And it's like, yeah, he might side with Icarus, but as we'll find out, spoiler alert, Icarus is not going to succeed, the Earth does not blow up, and it's like... They're just like, oh, Kingo, he's back. He's our friend. And it's like, no, he wasn't your friend. He was he was against you. He didn't, he didn't help you. He also didn't help Icarus. But I just felt like a cop-out, and they just wrote him out of the movie. I didn't like that. So, very lazy. So, Phaedos comes uh, up with a new plan to kill the Celestial. Like, well, maybe Druid can put him to sleep. And they kind of toy with that idea. Um, but then this is when they discover, oh, uh, Cersei has a power that is a lot stronger than we previously thought. And they're like, could you turn the Celestial Tiamat into marble? She's like, well, we could try if you use the Unimind to amplify your power. So they have this big battle on the beach near an active volcano. Uh, Makari, this is where she kind of shines. She and Icarus fight. It's pretty good. Crow shows up. Sprite stabs Cersei, but uh, Druig saves her. Elsewhere, Thena kills Crow. That was her big moment. Again, Thena, Angelina Jolie just felt like an afterthought in this movie. Crow is like an afterthought villain. He's a nothing villain. But the emergence is starting. And even though Phaedos has Icarus pinned down with these energy rings, a giant hand comes out of the ocean, and Cersei tries to turn him to stone. And Cersei uses the Unimine that Phaedos made to turn Tiamat into marble. And we got the big marble hand, part of the head, just sticking out of the ocean, where it remains to this day, and nobody talks about it. And Icarus, uh, seeing that he lost, cries and apologizes and flies into the sun, just like his namesake. I feel like that wasn't necessary. I mean, the way they took Sprite back, and the way they took... Uh, uh, <laughs> it's like they took Sprite back, no problem, He just and she just stabbed someone. And they took, uh, you know, they took, um, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Bollywood star. <laughs> Sorry, that's just complete blank. But, um, oh, in um, Kingo. Jeez. Anyway, yeah. So Kingo, they forgave. Uh, Sprite, they forgave. And it's like, seems like they would have forgiven you, but whatever. I mean, ultimately... Yeah, you killed Ajax. I guess that's the guilt, but whatever. So, yeah, the hand remains there to this very day. And uh, two weeks later in South Dakota, Ajax, they're at Ajax's house. They have a uh, ship ready to leave. Druig, Makari, and Thena, uh, 
yeah, Athena all leave the planet. They went to visit Damo to let the Eternals on that planet know about the emergence. Uh, Dane reunites with Cersei. Dane tells her he loves her and that let's talk about our secrets. Cersei says, I don't have any more secrets. And Dane says, well, it turns out I do have one. You see, my family has a complicated history. And just then, Arisham brings Phaedos, Kingo, and Cersei to him. Arisham says, your memories will determine if that planet was worth saving, and I will determine uh, judgment. And we are still waiting. The end. Roll credits. Mid-credit scene. Cut to the Eternals, who are on a ship. The ones that left Earth. And, uh... Someone's starting to teleport in. And I remember in the theater, I was like, ooh, who's this? who is this? And it's Pip the Troll. And I was like, oh, great. It's a comedy bit. But no, he is there to introduce... <clears throat> the brother of Thanos, Harry Styles, <laughs> Eros, uh, the Star Fox is what they called him. And he's a fellow Eternal. He says, your friends are in deep trouble. Oh, boy, do I have a lot to say about this. This was always my go-to as, like, Marvel scenes, post-credit scenes that haven't gone anywhere because it's like, you know, Thanos was a major, major character. And he just... He has a brother, and it's Harry Styles, who's a big... You know, he's not a big actor, but he's a big musician star. And it's like, we just haven't heard from him. He's just... There, up in space. It's like, okay. This next end credit scene, uh, we'll give a little more leeway to and I'll explain why. Dane opens up a chest. It's a long sword. The sword is kind of like has powers, you can see. On the chest is written, Death is my reward. He's about to touch the sword. And we hear a voice of Mahershala Ali say, Sure you're ready for that, Mr. Whitman? And then the message, Eternals will return. That one I'll give a little more credit to because... Blade was supposed to come out in 2023, I think December, but delays, delays, actor strike, delays, script problems, all that stuff just kind of held it up. I think it's supposed to come out next year. I think there's going to be three Marvel movies next year. Blade, Thunderbolts, and um, uh, Captain America. So, but keep that in mind, please. Keep those three movies in mind, because we're getting one this year, which is Deadpool 3. Now, I do expect Deadpool 3... I do expect them to bring up the the Tiamat statue in the ocean. It has... I mean, there was an Easter egg in it in She-Hulk where they mentioned it. But, like, how is... I know it's a played-out meme, but, like, how has nobody mentioned this thing? This is the one of the least... Sorry. This is the most consequential Marvel movie we've had in a long time, but also one of the least. Okay, I'll get to my review. Because here's the deal. Uh, you know, we talk about Black Widow could have been, should have been, you know, released years ago, right? And I know COVID hurt its box office, but it's like the character was already dead. So I don't think people had a great interest in it. This movie, it's funny. Again, I don't know if uh, they're going to bring up the fact or Tiamat statue in Deadpool 3. I suspect they will. I'd be very stunned if Eros uh, or Black Knight, by the way, that's who uh, Kit Harrington's going to be, Black Knight and Blade. I'd be stunned if any of those characters showed up in Deadpool 3. I guess it's possible. I'd be very stunned if they showed up in... Um, I, I suppose they could tease Blade in it in, in uh, Captain America or Thunderbolts, I think that could be possible. But it's like, man, are you kidding me? Like you have this Eros guy, the brother of Thanos, and it's just like, oh yeah, he's here, and we're just gonna not talk about him. This movie came out in November of 2021. It's now January of 2024, and he's just hasn't been mentioned. And I very much doubt they're going to bring him up in Deadpool. So, it's funny. This is the anti-Black Widow. This movie could have been released years later. You didn't have to release this in 2021. You could have released this in... Let's see. Deadpool 3 comes out in, what, June, July? Something like that. You could have released Eternals this month? February? March? April? And literally nothing in the MCU would be any different. All the canon events would be the same. 
it's crazy, right? Now, I'm not going to hold that movie. I'm not going to hold the lack of follow-up against the movie. That's not fair. I'm going to grade this movie for what was presented, not the complete lack of follow-up. And what was presented was a pretty good action movie. If it was just Eternals on its own, I'd be like, okay, this is like a a 7, right? The plot's a little standard, like, oh, you're saving the humans. The humans are so far beneath us. It's like, these humans are worth saving, right? Like, we we saw that in Wonder Woman... Saw that in Thor kind of deal. We see, you know, other mo- other sci-fi movies, you see it where it's like, the humans are worth saving. These humans are worth fighting for. And it's like, I do it for the, the people, right? We've seen that, right? That's kind of cliche. So they're doing it again in Eternals. I'm not, okay, fine. It's, it's a little cliche, but okay, fine. But as an MCU movie, this doesn't tie into anything, right? And this is, I, I, I'm not, again, I'm not going to blame the lack of follow-up, but I will blame the fact they just dropped this movie in the MCU. And it's like, with Shang-Chi, again, Wong was in the movie. There was post credit scene with stuff where it's like, okay, this does tie in, right? And, you you know, it's fine. You're going to add Wong, or not Wong. You're going to add Shang-Chi to the, uh, to the Avengers. That's cool. You want to, you know, you don't want, you don't want to keep using the same Avengers. You want to add new, take away, we get it. So that's fine. But it's like, this movie was not connected to the any of the MCU movies at all. It was pretty much just, you know, they threw it out there and they just dropped it. And there's been nothing leading up to it other than the line about like, oh, who's going to lead the Avengers now? And then there has been any follow-up, right? And I just, I don't know what you would have done differently... The only thing I can think of, because I'm, I, I haven't done this in a while. I don't complain. I like to make solutions. Here's what I would have done. I would have altered this and maybe done something like, I don't know, like um, the Eternals come to Earth because the planet is now ready for Tiamat. Not that, oh, we've been here this whole time. Because I just, to me, the whole, like, well, we're not going to fight Thanos because he's not a a deviant. It was so stupid. Because the deviants, they pose a threat, but it's like, come on, the deviants compared to Thanos? There's no comparison. This is a much, much greater threat. But it's like, you only fight these monsters and not this. My example, here's my example. Like, imagine you're camping, right? And and you, you hear something outside your tent. And you open it up, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, there's a there's a wolf rummaging through my my stuff around my camp. I gotta call the the forest ranger. This is this is scary." You call the forest ranger, and you're like, "There's a wolf. Can you send someone to do something about this wolf?" And he's like, "Oh, sorry about that. We really only we really only help you with bears. We don't do wolves." And it's like, "But there's no bear. There's a wolf, though. That's dangerous." Yeah, yeah, wolves are dangerous. Uh, unfortunately, we don't really. Sorry, it, it would it wouldn't it would hinder your uh, survival skills if we didn't uh, if we if we didn't uh, you know if we helped you. So we we're gonna sit this one out. If it's a bear, let us know. But uh, I'm not gonna do anything for a wolf. It's like that's so stupid, right? But that's kind of how it felt. But anyway. Uh, the movie itself, as a, as, a, as a standalone movie, I would give it like a 7.5. As part of the MCU, which it is, and that's how I will grade it, I'm going to give it a 6.5. It's better than I thought, but the integration into the MCU was pretty bad. And the lack of follow-up, which I will not blame on the movie, but the lack of follow-up is really... I mean, it's it's clearly noticeable. I mean, people make jokes about, like, oh my gosh, you know, there's this big hand out of the ocean and no one says anything about it. I mean, that's a joke. I, I hope Deadpool 3 addresses this big statue in the ocean, right? I suspect he will, because it's, you know, Deadpool makes jokes and this is something to joke about. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and if he doesn't, it's like, how much further? How much longer are we going to go without a reference to this thing? 
It hasn't been in any of the TV shows, to my knowledge, so I don't know. It's just bizarre. But yeah, this movie gets a six and a half. I, I don't know. If it was released later, that might be better, but I don't know. I, I just... Th- to me, I get it. And and it's it's funny because there's a lot that can... There's a lot of things that can uh, come off of this movie. You got Thanos's brother. You got Blade and and uh, and Black Knight. You got the Eternals up in space. You got the Eternals here on Earth. There's a lot of things that can branch off from this movie, but yet nothing has. And it's been what uh, we're, we're you know we're coming up on what three years, three years in November, and depending on what they do or don't do in Deadpool 3, well, it's going to be, uh, it could be four, you know? So, yeah, it's a six and a half for me. But I'll tell you what won't be a six and a half. Next week's movie. Just a, th- just a thought. Next week's movie is none other than Spider-Man No Way Home. Did a bonus episode. This is how big this movie was. Did a bonus episode covering it two years ago. Or was it three? Yeah, two. Did a bonus episode. Uh, But I never graded it. And we're going to go into more details and revisit that next week. I could not believe this. I went to go and it's like, okay, it's not streaming anywhere for free. Can you believe that? One of the biggest movies... (laughs) <laughs> since not just since COVID, well, definitely the biggest movie since COVID, but one of the biggest movies of all time when you look at the blockbuster numbers, and it's like, yeah, three ninety nine on Prime, three ninety nine on Apple TV. So I went to the library out of principle to uh, to watch this and rented it, and I uh, watched the DVD, the Blu Ray. So there you go. That is next week. Let's get out of here on a quote. This is Icarus to Jack. Jack, by the way, was uh, Phaedos' son because he's he's comparing him to... He's calling him Superman. He's like, oh, yeah, you're Superman. Oh, by the way, I, I didn't mention it. I mentioned it the first time, and I forgot to mention it the second recording because I'm still kind of mad about that. Uh, did I... Oh, God, now I don't remember which one I talked about uh, the comparisons to Superman... Uh, Whatever. Anyway, if I didn't, I'll, I'll do it again. If I did, I don't remember which recording it was in. This My whole head is spinning. Um, the point I made earlier, that I don't remember if it recorded or not, sorry, is uh, people were comparing Icarus... No, I think I definitely... Icarus, Homelander, but it you know, could be worse. You could be comparing them to, you know, the Lone Ranger. I think I made that. I think that got in this cut. Anyway, if not, I just made it. So, this is Icarus to Jack, because they're talking about, like, oh, you Superman, look, he does this, this, this. I don't wear a cape. You're insecure, don't know what for. You're turning heads when you walk through the door. Don't need makeup to cover up. Nobody has to win it, you flip your head, gets me overwhelmed.
like nobody else The way that you flip your hair gets me overwhelmed But when you smile at the ground it ain't hard to tell You don't know your beauty, you lie